1: What's going on, guys?
0: Hey, Love Tribe. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Hope you're having a great day. We have another great show for you where we welcome back Dana McNeil, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and founder of a group practice called The Relationship Place located in San Diego, California.
0: And today we talk about uncertainty, which I'm sure a lot of you are feeling in your life, in your relationship, in your career. And today, Dana talks about ways to cope with this uncertainty and how to work through it in your relationship.
1: Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with figuring out how you process uncertainty personally, sharing that with your partner, sharing that with each other. And Dana gives us some great tips to do that. And as always, we appreciate you guys so much for tuning in, telling your friends and family about the show, subscribing, leaving us a review, joining the Love Tribe Facebook group, and also checking out our newsletter. If you go to idopodcast.com, you can sign up for the 14-day Happy Couple Challenge. And we'll also email you when new episodes come out and other goodies.
0: That's com slash unlock. Hi, Dana. Thanks so much for joining us back on the show.
2: I'm glad to be back. This is a nice treat. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Obviously, there is a ton of uncertainty these days, whether or not Kids are going back to school. Whether or not you're going to go back to work, maybe you're out of a job and you're waiting to just see if the economy's going to get going again. There's just a lot. We're here in Costa Rica, the borders are closed, and uh, my mm. stand up paddle surf camp. just not operating. So um, we're just dealing (laughs) Mm -hmm. with so much uncertainty these days. And we want to talk about how we can deal with that individually and as a couple. And what are maybe a good place we could start is what are some of the things that maybe you're seeing firsthand that, that people are dealing with? And then we could talk about coping strategies.
2: Sure. I mean, all the things that you mentioned is exactly what all of us are kind of experiencing, that idea that, you know, we're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm is definitely happening for all of us right now, that there's this uncertainty about what does tomorrow look like? Am I going to have a job? Am I going to be able to coexist with my partner for one more day without wanting to pull each other's hair out? Am I going to be able to manage not getting my hair cut or my hair colored or or all of those things, some minor, some big, right? But this sense of uncertainty is really always with us. I just don't think that we think about it as much as we do right now, because we're sort of forced into this quarantine. But We don't really ever know what's going to happen to us. We think we know what's going to happen to us, but we don't. And so I don't know if that's comforting or upsetting, but this is kind of the reality of of life itself. And one of the things that is really going to be helpful for all of us is to try to find some way that feels like acceptance not acceptance that I want things to be like this, not that I'm not going to fight, not that I'm not going to just roll over and let something happen to me, but acceptance that I'm in this space right now. And how do I manage to not let it tear me down, but just find peace around the fact that I'm in it and how can I manage it so that it doesn't ruin my life? Does that make sense?
1: Yes. And that's a beautiful point of the fact that there's always uncertainty whether or not there's a pandemic. But obviously, this is unique in our time of having a global pandemic, having the lockdowns. But it is a interesting perspective to take of like, okay, this is different. And but before this happened, I could have gotten hit by a car and and there's just uncertainty all the time, but it's so unique in that we're all, like you said, so beautifully in the same storm. Yeah. How can we start working towards acceptance of that?
2: I think we need to give ourselves permission not to consider life as usual that maybe I'm not going to be as productive as I was before, that maybe I'm going to feel more tired, or I'm going to feel a little bit more vulnerable or cranky or less able to get everything done on my to-do list. And maybe I just need to let myself have permission to exist in that space for a while. Because even though you think that, okay, well, I'm in this now, I've been doing this for a month plus, and this is my new normal, why am I still not feeling productive? And it's Because you are doing it through a veil of uncertainty and stress and fear and, you know, scared. You're just, it's like this constant filter that you have to do everything through. And so if you're expecting yourself to be able to produce and perform the way that you did before this, you're going to be letting yourself down. You're going to be putting too much pressure on yourself that you don't necessarily need to be doing. This will pass when it passes but expecting too much of yourself is really setting you up for feeling disappointed in yourself or putting additional stress.
0: Now, for some people, it may be a little bit easier than others to accept and kind of adapt to this new norm. But for those of us, and sometimes that can be me and Chase, where we have bit control issues, it's even harder to accept that because there's that inner Demon that's trying to control everything. So do you have any extra advice for those quote unquote control freaks in this situation that are struggling even more?
2: Yes, yes. And that's the reality. And sometimes that serves you. So that's not a negative thing. Sometimes that anxiety to like get things going in a certain direction is a positive thing, right? It mm-hmm. it gets you to work on time. It's it spend on time. But right now, if we're using it as something that is a push-pull point for us in our relationship, maybe we just want to stop and realize, you know what, there's will be some topics around what's happening with COVID right now that are more important to my partner than they are to me. If I'm more worried about making sure that we like wash down all of the groceries before we put them away and my partner doesn't really care and it's not a big deal to them, why am I pushing back on you? Why can't I just give you a little bit of space and say, you know what, this is really important to Sarah or to Chase. And if this isn't one of my standing grounds, I'm okay with this. Can I just like ease off and let you have your space on this one topic to help ease your burden a little bit?
1: So you mentioned giving ourselves permission to to feel less productive or be less productive, really, and and exist in that space. And I definitely battled with that early on in this. Uh, Our beaches and borders closed here in Costa Rica, March sixteenth, and my business, my Santa Paddle Surf Camp, shut down. And I just did not feel like trying to answer emails. Not that there were that many at the time. I felt like there was nothing to really do for my particular business. And depending on, maybe someone's just completely out of a job at this point. Obviously, if you're working from home and still working, then that's giving you a, a focus or a purpose, so to say. What would you tell to a person who either cannot work, that still has a job or is out of a job, but is feeling like They want to do something at a certain point. Like it is important to have that permission, don't feel like you need to. But then I noticed I felt like a bit helpless in just waiting in the uncertainty of what to do next.
2: Yeah. If it's your personality to want to feel like you, did something, that you accomplished something before you can let yourself have a break. Because maybe it feels like it's not okay to say, hey, I can't just sit here idly, like reading a book in the backyard and like watching the birds go by. This is my life. This is my livelihood. Okay. But how about you schedule out some time during the day to do that instead of staying in a tailspin all day long? Like for someone, it might be, okay, I'm going to let myself look on the computer for two hours see if there's any jobs available on Indeed or whatever, you know, forum. I like to look for jobs. Maybe I put my resume together. Maybe I start networking with people. But I'm also going to let myself have some breathing room during this time. I'm not going to spend eight hours sitting there panicking at the computer and just applying for everything all day long just because I feel like I have to do something. Can I do it for two hours in the morning? Can I make sure that I'm still structuring my time? Can I get up? From 8 to 10, I'm applying for jobs. I'm looking at leads. I'm updating my resume. And then I'm going to let myself go for a walk or spend some time with the kids or play with the dog or do a puzzle or whatever that thing is that's my self-care. It doesn't have to be. I have to stay. So many of my clients get in this perseverated place where they're just like spinning, 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 spinning. I have to do. I have to do. You don't. You can do a little bit during the day, but then also let yourself have permission to have a break.
1: I think that's very important for people like myself that that feel like in order for a day to be, quote, successful, you have to have done this checklist of things. And that is one of the silver linings here, if we're going to find something, is just not doing anything, reading a book, like watching the birds. There can be a lot of value in really trying to calm the mind and and take that in. But here we are, (laughs) like... (laughs) nearly two months, over two months into into these lockdowns. And so one of the things that Sarah and I have been struggling with is myself in particular is talking about the future. I was trying to talk huh. about when Sarah might go to Florida. Obviously right now she can't, but just what her thinking is in regards to that. And she was like, I'm literally... Not thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, well, pretend that you had to think about it because it was just kind of helping me process where she was at. And it was very interesting because I was like wanting to project into the future and and not predict it, but say, okay, if this, then that kind of thing. And Sarah was just like, I don't even want to play that game. So maybe, and, and that's fine, but we had to communicate around that. Can you talk a little bit about maybe the different styles and thinking about the future and how we should be thinking about the future during these times?
2: I think that you gave a beautiful example of the difference between how some couples process stress and how some couples process uncertainty. You know, besides being a couple and having this to go through as a team, you're still individuals and you've had different life experiences that influence the way that you survive or deal with or process stress and uncertainty. Right. So for Sarah, it sounds like I'm kind of like in a wait and see, and when I have more information, it'll sort of come to me, and I'll know what the next indicated step is. But mm-hmm. it'll just sort of appear on my path, and I'm open to it. Whereas you, you're telling me that you're more like, okay, I need it to be structured. I need a milestone. I need to know where we're going to end up at the end of the journey, and I need little pieces and parts along the way so that I know that we're on track. Right. Perfect storm for feeling like I'm (laughs) disconnected and that I don't know who, who you are or why you think or how you can think that way. So maybe just back up a little bit and have some conversations about your history with uncertainty and stress and how did you deal with it? And what did you learn about it growing up in your family of origin, right? How did your family deal with stress? My early experiences of uncertainty looked like this. What did chaos look like in my family and how did we respond to it, right? What did I see mom and dad, if I grew up with mom and dad, what did I see them do that has kind of been this little like soundtrack in my mind about how it is that I'm supposed to handle things and, and am I trying to do the opposite of what I saw because it felt so completely foreign to me or am I just kind of like on autopilot? doing what I saw happen in my family? And does that even serve me? Like backing it up and having some conversations about how do you approach situations might be a nice place to start.
1: Yes, for sure. And how about the fact that just going back to that specific example, Sarah did indulge me. I mean, it. we kind of got into a bit of an <laughs> You know, a spat at first. She was like getting annoyed. She's like, I just don't know. And I'm like, okay, but let's say the borders open in July. I know we don't know when they will, but just to indulge me, let's say they open in July. Would you go back then? And she's like, I don't know. And so (laughs) it it kind of, but then, but I didn't, (laughs) right? Right. And she doesn't. And, And, and I get that to an extent, but then I guess you, you, dove in a little more and in, in, into your thinking and communicated that to me. And that helped a lot. You, I mean, maybe you want to say what you said.
0: There's a lot of factors, unknown factors that I need to be able to make a decision. And so until those factors are available to me, it seems pointless to waste time analyzing something that I have absolutely no control over.
1: But you kind of went over those factors and you were like, okay, if the borders are open, and it's safe in Florida. And I feel like we can get back to Costa Rica easily. I'll go to Florida is more or less what you said. Mm-hmm. And then that, right? That's right. But that's yeah. still
0: under the presumption that the borders are going to be open, which they may not.
1: Right, right. But the, I, and I, <laughs> here we go. Here I, we go again no, with it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think this is valuable because I fully get all of those scenarios and how they're all unknown and out of our control. But it, It's helpful to me just to connect, but Mm -hmm. also think and plan to the extent that we can plan of like, okay, this is where you're at. So Mm. Dana, is that that
2: Kate? What I hear you saying, Faith, is that I kind of needed Sarah to give me the facts about why she made the decision and I needed to be able to validate it before I received it and accepted it. And I think that's what she's feeling defensive about is that... Can it be enough, partner of mine? That I'm like, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't have an answer right now for you. And that was so out of your like realm of possibility that it felt like, no, no, no. There, there must be more. There must be facts. I need to have something that I can validate that makes sense to me so that I can accept it. And a lot of us do that, right? It's like but That doesn't feel like I know enough to determine if I'm okay with it. And that sometimes I just have to be okay with the fact that my partner doesn't know. But maybe I want to ask some questions to help me understand versus kind of demand that they explain themselves to me. So maybe I would ask her some questions or I might ask you some questions if you were my partner. You know, you're, you're having a lot of anxiety about this. I can see it in your body language and on your face why is this so important to you that I know exactly when I'm going to be able to go back to Florida, help me understand, you know, what are the feelings that you have about this? Or what do you, what do you wish I would do? Or, or even more, if I don't go then chase, what's the disaster scenario that you think is going to happen? Cause this is really driving a lot of energy for you.
1: For sure. And, and that's eventually, that's what Mm -hmm. we got to. And hopefully Sarah, I don't think, did you feel like I was demanding, uh, Of for you to give me a reason? Slightly. Slightly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When I responded with my ultimate answer of that, I'm just unsure, that just wasn't enough for you. Yeah. And I guess that's where I got like, I got agitated because I just wanted that to be enough and versus you kept, you know, continuing to push it.
1: Yeah. But you did ask what Dana said. You were like, why is it so important for you to know? And I think that's where we had the breakthrough. And I was like, well, I was just, Thinking this about the business, and and there was a reason behind it, and and that's why, like ultimately, we got to a good place. I think with that dialogue,
0: right. And I think one thing you said, Dana, that was really helpful to us is that once chase was asking me questions about why i was unsure about going i think it made me feel better versus me just having to explain myself it was more like i was Mm. giving him the information that he needed to help soothe him versus me just feeling like i needed to just talk about everything and not knowing if that was going to be enough if that makes sense Before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Objective Wellness.
1: Staying healthy and strong is more important than ever. And for me, it's all about understanding what you put in and on your body and staying active in the ocean, getting plenty of vitamin D that's easy down here in Costa Rica And to help us stay resilient and well, we started taking supplements from Objective Wellness.
0: Objective Wellness offers targeted solutions for you to stay healthy and strong. So they focus on specific ways to help you sleep better, improve your immune system, have more energy, and even less wrinkles. And when I heard that, it immediately grabbed my attention. And what else drew me to their products is that Objective Wellness understands that there's no one-size-fits-all solution, and that wellness looks different for everyone. Even between Chase and I, wellness looks different. So when I told him that he can eat some chocolate and sleep better, he was sold.
1: (laughs) That sounds a little too good to be true, and their Fast Asleep Saffron Sleep Chocolates are a real thing. Yes, <laughs> <And laughs> <has>, they are. <laughs> it has a calming gaba that relaxes your mind to lull you to sleep while the saffron keeps you sound asleep all night. And I love these things. And there's no water required. Delicious chocolate mint simply melt away so you're not waking for a bathroom break in the middle of the night.
0: <laughs> yes, that is a major win. We don't have to get up in the middle of the night. And all their ingredients are backed by science. And behind each ingredient, there is a scientific study with endless hours of research. So objective wellness helps us feel our best and we want them to help you too. Go to objectivewellness.com and use the promo code IDO to get 20% off your first order. And if you're not completely satisfied, you can get a full refund. That is their objective promise. Again, visit objectivewellness.com and use the promo code IDO for 20% off. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products discussed or advertised are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: Today's episode is also brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship.
0: Do you guys want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days?
1: Yes. Sign me up.
0: (laughs) Then you guys need to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. It is an online course, like I mentioned, that we created with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you guys the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients.
1: We talk about it on the show. Relationships take work. Sometimes they function pretty easily and you coast along, but we've found the reality is, is you have to do work sometimes and to make them better, to change them so that they're more satisfying for both partners.
0: And you've made it here. You've made it to listening to our show. So you guys probably already know that a little bit, but what you might not know are the specific tools and exercises that you need to create those lasting and positive improvements in your relationship. And like Chase said, change does not happen on its own. It takes hard work. And that's why we created the course.
1: Spark One Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. And it's a self-paced journey that's perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication.
0: And just some tools and strategies that the course includes is to how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve your stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper and more intimate bond and strengthen your couple microculture, which you will find out what that is. Uh, in the future together. So for our listeners only, we're offering a special of $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount. And there is a 30-day money-back guarantee. So there really is no reason to not give it a try. So go to com slash unlock for $100 off. It does. Yeah. I mean,
2: if you had heard which, you know, armchair quarterbacking is always the easiest. So it's not like, you know, you guys did anything wrong. But if you were able to hear, what would you need to see happen, Sarah, to to kind of feel more comfortable with the decision? Or what things do you think will go into your decision-making process, right? Right now, you have a gut feeling that you just don't know. Is there something that you're looking for or some kind of changes that you'll need to see in either – you know, the COVID response or a family response or a financial response that makes it more clear for you. Mm -hmm. That gives you space to come forward, right? Versus like, I know that he wants me to make a decision right now and I feel like I'm letting him down that I don't have one, but I literally don't have one and now I'm just stressed and I'm going to shut down. Yes. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: And I think this is why it's so important to communicate in an adult way with your partner and try to understand how we personally process these feelings of stress and un- uncertainty so that the conversation Sarah and I had doesn't, it didn't go perfectly, but it definitely could have gone worse and that it, it doesn't devolve into like an argument. And then we examine why it is that I need to feel less. I need to feel more certain about Sarah's plans or, or whatever in having the dialogue from, from that point of view. Mm
2: -hmm. And how might it have been for you if you were able to say, hey, Sarah, do you think that we could talk about Florida? Because I'm feeling really scared and nervous about what's going to happen in July or what's going to happen with our business. And if we're going to have whatever that fear was, the finances or that you're going to be gone and it's still going to be closed or whatever was coming up for you that drove you to ask that question. If you were able to start with I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling worried, I'm feeling nervous, whatever that thing is, do you think that we could sit down and talk about the border situation or Florida? Because it would really mean a lot to me right now if you're willing to do that.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Being able to start it that way. (laughs) Start it
0: that way. That's what we all struggle, usually struggle with, is that how we start that initial
2: conversation, which is, it's so important. Right. Because behind every criticism, which it felt like a criticism kind of crept in there at some point for Sarah, is that there's an unmet need, right? There's a worry, there's a fear, there's a disaster scenario that if I don't get this need met, I'm not going to be okay. If I can lead with that, yeah, that's scary. That's vulnerable because my partner might be like, closed for business, not interested, shut down. But if I'm still approaching you from a loving place about why this is so important to me, just getting to know Sarah as much as I've gotten to know you guys over these last few times is that she's going to greet you with empathy and probably some kind of compromise. It may not be the answer you're looking for. It might still be, don't know, don't know, but it might well also be like, but let's talk about what we can do that helps you feel more comfortable with where we're at right now. And maybe there's something I can do that feels like compromise for you.
0: I would love to talk a little bit about, The couples who are experiencing uncertainty within their relationship during this time, because I've had a lot of Mm. feedback from girlfriends that are, you know, they've been stuck in their house with their partner for over a month now, and it's hard. They're at each other's necks and arguing, and it's just... A lot of them don't feel like they're super happy in their relationship. And you can also feel kind of s- like you're stuck in your relationship too right now. So is there any mm-hmm. advice for those couples who are experiencing these feelings and, and really just not, not having a really good time in their relationship right now?
2: Yeah, um, I think that my, m- most of my advice for my couples that are in this space is please don't make a decision about your relationship right now. This is not a headspace to like figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life and your relationship or you're going to get divorced, even if you're going to get back together. You kind of just need to survive this space right now. And if that means we're just cordial to each other and we're each kind of doing our own self-care and making sure that we're getting our needs met and checking in with our friends or having, you know, virtual conversations with coworkers or reading a good book or spending time in the yard when my partner's playing a video game or what's going on? Can we just be cordial and try to get through this time together? Because I don't really think that it you making a decision about what's going to happen in the rest of your life when you're in this much duress and like out of your normal world is really going to provide you good information.
1: What if someone is okay with being cordial and, and, but they're like, But I want to try to work on things, you know, rather than just maintain, I guess, like the status quo, not kill each other. Mm -hmm. Because this, the quote, new normal, I mean, the reality is, is we're recording this in the beginning of May 2020. But things may not be getting back to normal for six months, a year, Mm -hmm. whatever our definition of normal is, longer than that. So... How can we here's my difficulty dealing with uncertainty, but how can we think about or discuss that with our partner, like that we don't just try to be cordial for the next six months?
2: So that would kind of depends on where you're at in your relationship. Like if we've been together a long time. And we've had a lot of issues that we haven't been able to work through and we've tried. And it just is like, this puts the spotlight on the exact reason why we can't be together. I don't think it's a good time for you to try to break up. Do you, I mean, and I also don't know that this is going to make you any closer, but for couples that are having momentary experiences of difficulty because they're just together 24 seven and they're not having any novelty and they're not having anything in their life that like, is their release valve, like happy hour after work or going to the gym, and they're just suddenly like, I'm so anxious, I can't, and you must be the reason, then yeah, we can work on some tools. We can work on some like things that we would like to be different. What am I looking for from my partner then? It's kind of back to that, I'm feeling disconnected from you. I'm feeling unheard. I'm feeling unseen. Okay, what is it that's driving that behavior? And I want to talk about that. You're spending so much time on your phone. I'm, you know, I'm not feeling like I can connect with you. We're not taking walks together. We're not talking about anything that's difficult or that, you know, is deep. We're talking about very shallow things. Can we have some conversations where we're really working on connecting with each other or talking about the things that aren't feeling good in the relationship for me or why we're not connecting sexually during this time? That is productive. But if I'm just going to sit there and say, you must be the reason that I'm not feeling okay right now. And it's, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to get out of this relationship and everything's going to feel better. That's a different conversation. But if you can narrow in on what is the behaviors that you're seeing or words that you're hearing that are causing you to feel an emotion that's not positive, how are you going to ask your partner for those needs so that you're not criticizing them so that you're really listening for understanding about what's going on with them so that we can work on this together as a couple. That's hard to do, right? So sometimes we may not be able to be emotionally able to do that because we're under so much stress about what's going on with the world right now. So that's why I said it's kind of like on a couple by couple basis, how, how solid are they feeling about their ability to have deep conversations with each other?
1: That's such an important recognition of being able to distinguish between a relationship issue and, I mean, I suppose it's all relationship issues, but something external or something internal. For example, before this whole COVID crisis, I would inevitably get stressed out during my weeks of camp with clients. It was just more stress in my life and realized that that coincided with more arguing between Sarah and I. And so it might first appear like, oh, we're arguing about everything. What are we arguing about? And pretty soon after starting this new job two and a half years ago, I realized like, hey, I get stressed out during those weeks and I need to keep that in check and not sort of bring that into the relationship or if it if I do just recognize that and process it. And so obviously this whole situation is just going to be our lives are so different. Like you said, we don't have these outlets maybe for for us here in Costa Rica. Hopefully by the time this airs the beaches are open, but they've been closed for 2 months. So I haven't been able to surf. A lot of my friends that surf, that's a that's an outlet for us. And so inevitably that's going to create stress and probably tension in relationships. So it's such an important recognition.
2: And what you just talked about is something that you both do very beautifully with each other is repair attempt, right? So this sense of like, wait, I contributed to this. I have enough insight that I realize that there's a connection between when I have a bad day at work and me coming home and being more, energized about you and more triggered about behaviors that you're doing than I normally would if it wasn't a bad day at work. Oh, aha moment. I better say something about that because I want to acknowledge to my partner, you're not the bad guy here. Yes, you may have said something snarky to me or been short with me or like been spreading your attention too thin and asked me to say things three times and that didn't feel good. But I also contributed to this and I'm willing to own my piece in it. If we're sitting at home and COVID and I'm like, everything is your fault and you're making this hard on me and you're not doing this and you're not doing that, we're probably not going to have a great relationship right now because I'm going to feel defensive. And I might realize that, hey, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed and you've been kind of crappy all day long. And then we finally got into a fight at the end of the day because I've been trying to avoid you. If I can realize, you know what, hey... I contributed to this. I've been snarky all day long. And now you kind of got fed up with it. And I didn't really realize I should have been backing off and like taking a walk or doing some self-care. I'm sorry. Can we start over again? Right. Mm -hmm. If couples aren't willing to do any repair attempts, it's going to be a long haul.
1: Well, we certainly don't do it perfectly every time, but we do try. And I think that is the important part in, Certainly during these times it's more important than ever to give your partner the benefit of the doubt, be kind and Dana we think this is a great place to maybe wrap up and we appreciate you so much for coming back on the show. Before we wrap up, are there any things that you want to emphasize or maybe that we didn't mention about dealing with uncertainty during these times and then we'll say goodbye.
2: I think it's- really important maybe to incorporate like 20 minutes a day of something that um, I, we talked about on the last podcast together, the stress-reducing conversation, where you kind of just let your partner have some space, maybe like 10 minutes, just to talk about what their worries or what their fears are or what they're struggling with today and not try to fix your partner's problem. I'm listening for understanding and for support. And so that might sound like yeah, I'd be stressed out about that too. I can totally see why you're feeling that way. That must be really rough for you. That doesn't mean I necessarily agree. That doesn't mean that I would handle myself the same way. But what it says is you're not alone. There's somebody that's witnessing this for you and somebody that cares and that you're going through this with a team member. And if your partner starts to go on and on and it feels like it's too much and you feel like you're getting overloaded by their stressors, you can always break it up and say, So what do you see as your options? What are you thinking that you want to do in this situation? And just listen. I'm not there to tell you how to fix your problems. I'm just listening for understanding. And that's really going to reduce a lot of stress right now if we can do that on a regular basis with each other.
0: I can't agree more. Feeling supported and connected with your partner is probably one of the biggest ways to get through these uncertain times that we're we're dealing with right now. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And thanks again for coming back on the show. Can you let our listeners know where they can reach out to you and where they can find more information
2: on you? Sure. You can always reach out to our website. Um, We're in San Diego. So it's SD, which is short for San Diego, relationshipplace.com. Um, we're also on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can certainly reach out to us and, you know, call us, email, text us. We'd be happy to, um, support you in any way that we can. Wonderful. We'll, we'll have
0: all those links on our show notes and on our website at idupodcast.com. And thanks again for joining us, Dana. Okay. Take good care of each other. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. As always, all the links are in the podcast description and on our website. So if you are dying to check out our new podcast series, Love Under Quarantine, You can click those links in the episode description and get access immediately. The podcast series is now available and we hope you guys check it out. And as well, there are always free resources on our website at idpodcast.com, freebies, all different types of topics. So check out our website and we hope you guys enjoyed the show.